Welcome to Key Exchanges in the 901 Podcast. It's the podcast where we share the real stories of the real estate community here in Memphis. These are the stories that help every key change hands, the stories that are shaping the real estate market in our city. I'm Dane Williams, your key connection for home insurance, and I'll be your host today. We're recording today's show from the fabulous Shoemaker Insurance Solutions Studios. On today's program, I'll get to sit down with one of the rising stars in the industries with McLemore and Company's Aaron Prather in our second segment of the show. But before we get to that, I get to chat with another old friend of mine that I knew before I entered the real estate world and someone that I'm incredibly proud to seeing to see him having the level of success that he's had thus far in the industry. This is his 12th year in the business, and for the last three, he's been the managing broker and owner of Reed Realtors, and that has more or less been in his family for three generations. He's a native son of Bartlett and a proud Bolton Wildcat who now calls Germantown home. He's the husband of Rachel, dad to Lizzie and Jojo. He's my friend, and he's a great American. Okay? It is my profound honor and great privilege to welcome Mr. Michael Jaquies on the Key Exchanges in the 901. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Thank you, Dane, for having me. Honored to be here. And uh, excited to have you here as well. Um, but you know how I like to start off every show. Uh, I got to figure out how the heck did we get here? So I okay. need you to hop in the Wayback Machine. We're going to go 12 years ago now. How did you get into real estate? All right. So growing up, I was always around new construction. Uh, Reed Homes, my grandfather uh, founded it, owner. And so I did odd jobs from cutting the grass up to uh, working with plumbers to hanging ceiling fans, uh, working with framers on the summer break. And so it really started, I think, in college. Uh, I majored in business, had a minor in finance and real estate, and I've always enjoyed uh, the real estate classes. So this was 2009. Uh, so I decided to get my real estate license. I don't know if it was the best year to get into that. Not, if you can, not uh, ideal. Yeah, not, remember there that? are better times for yes, sure. That's right. So, but uh, so I got my license and I started out in commercial real estate. So, uh, and there's plenty of stories to tell from that point to where I'm at now. That's awesome, man. Uh, I know uh, you talked about growing up kind of in a family where you had had builders around and kind of new construction going on. What was life like um, growing up for you, kind of day to day? Yeah, so um, I was outside a lot. Uh, we didn't have video games. Uh, I had a younger brother that's 18 months apart. And so we were always doing something outside from, you know, playing in the woods, use our imagination, um, and just, you know, riding bikes, doing whatever. But then uh, we would always go on family lake trips, uh, camping trips, and, you know, just hanging out over at my grandparents' house, swimming during the summer. So uh, we were very family-oriented, and um, later in life, uh, we kind of got involved in basketball. And so that led from, you know, middle school to AAU basketball all the way up to high school and college. Uh, so then life started revolving around basketball, and it was very busy. But looking back on those moments, uh, my parents and my grandparents, they never missed uh, one game. And that was, you know, traveling out of state all the way up to college. We would have conference games on Tuesday and Thursday nights, and they would drive two hours up to McKenzie, Tennessee to watch me play basketball. And then my mom would go back. Uh, she was a school teacher for 30 years, and then my dad would go back to work and, you know, make sure that the uh, houses were getting built. So it was a huge commitment on their part. And I'm, um, you know, very honored on uh, just, you know, enjoying that time with them through that phase of life. Yeah. And if 
you guys have seen Michael, you you see that ah, basketball makes sense. He's a tall guy. Um, I didn't realize. You, so you played in, in college a little bit as well. I did. So I walked on at CBU and then I transferred uh, to Bethel College at the time. It's university now up in McKenzie, Tennessee. So I played two years up there. And then uh, my wife now, Rachel, uh, we kind of met and she pulled me away back to Memphis at nah, that time. Women so, will do that, man. That's, uh, that's life. But uh, that's she right. got you back home, which is where uh, where you needed to be. Um, do you think uh, just kind of people that got to see you growing up, uh, would they have assumed that you were probably going to be in the business? Because, I mean, it was a, a family thing, right? Uh, yeah, I could I, I could see they could probably assume that, but they probably were still shocked. I mean, growing up, I was always into some type of trouble. I mean, I was in a handful of fights. Uh, you know, I was just mischievous, you know, pranking people, this and that. And so, um, you know, but by the grace of God, uh, I met Rachel and she's really inspired me and pushed me to get, uh, you know, to grow spiritually. And so I've been involved at our church with uh, men group, men groups, and they have really uh, poured into me. And, um, you know, I've, uh, no longer live in that past. Yeah, so. you're not not fighting and pulling yeah. pranks anymore. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Reed Holmes has, I guess, been in your family for geez, nearly 50 years now at this point, right? That's correct. Uh, and it's the foundation of essentially building new homes in the Mid South is kind of where you guys started. Your grandfather Jim, he started as a builder in the early 70s, and your uncle James, he continues that legacy. He's even the, I guess, he was the West Tennessee. Um, President, I guess, is it this year? Mm-hmm. Or, no, 2016, right? 2016. And then this year, he's the state uh, president for the Home Builders Association. Yeah. And I guess you took the reins at Reed Realtors three years ago and mm-hmm. have been kind of running the show there. I mean, how does that feel to have, I guess, the privilege of this legacy that is your family name? But I, I have to imagine there's a, a pressure that goes with that, too, that this is the family business here. Mike, don't screw it up, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one, it's a great privilege that I get to continue this legacy that uh, my granddad started. Um, and, you know, they never put pressure on me from uh, my uncle or my dad to continue the business. Um I wish that, um, you know, I could have, when I got into the business, my granddad's health was not, uh, was fading pretty quickly. And so I would have loved to, you know, shadowed him and, and learned everything that, that he was doing. And I only knew him as Didi. Like he was, uh, my granddad that was always there, took me fishing, just, you know, the best grandfather that you could ask for. Um, and then, but as I started working at Reed Homes, I would start hearing stories about Jim Reed. And like hearing, hearing those stories is really what motivated me to like, okay, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to continue this. And it was anywhere from, you know, the subcontractors talking about them to just homeowners in general. Um, and I, I can just remember at a, you know, young age, I would be working with some of the plumbers and we would probably be messing around in the house or whatever, but then they would see my granddad's truck come pull up, and I'm like, oh, it's my granddad. I'm going to go talk to him. And they all scuffled around real quick. They got back to work, and I'm like, what are y'all doing, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and then, you know, just James, he was he was always there uh, to guide me as I was doing this. And this is your uncle. Yes, this is my uncle. So my uncle James, he was always there to help guide me, but he let me do it in my own way. And I can remember talking to him, 
uh, saying that I wanted to get my broker's license and pretty much he was just like, hey, when you're ready, I'll hand it over. And so, uh, you know, again, it was really no pressure. And my dad was always just there for me, told me, you know, I could do whatever I wanted to do. It wasn't this. And, you know, I saw that end that what he did of managing building 15 to 20 houses a month and then the deal with, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 subs throughout the process. And I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of shadowed him on that. And I was like, this is really stressful. I, I think I'm going to stick with the real estate side of it. So that's kind of what inspired me to go down that route. Yeah. And that's, um, that's so unique too, because was there a piece of the business that was just kind of exclusively buying and selling homes or was it just the building and selling the product that they had built? Yeah. So, um, you know, Reed Realtors was formed in 1981 and it was pretty much just formed for uh, agents to come in and sell the new houses that were being built. So when I was there, uh, these agents, they pretty much just sold Reed Homes houses. So I was the first one to really come along and like actually sell houses that weren't being built by Reed Homes. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, a big change. And again, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's good. Um, one of the things that I am, uh, I guess I've admired about the way that you've kind of run the brokerage is um, you haven't tried to grow too fast. Um, I know there are a lot of folks that uh, kind of have an idea of what they're going to do and they're going to add a whole bunch of agents under and, and really start kind of building the team out and, you know, almost distract from the the sales of their own uh, properties they've been kind of working through and the way they've built their career. You've not done that. You've been really methodical about the way that you've grown. Um, was that an intentional thing that you kind of set out for? Or were you just not a recruiter and that was never going to be who you were? Uh, I think to be honest, I just, I have not had time. Uh, this is my third year of being the, the broker owner and uh, my individual business has grown and I just have not had the time to work on other things to grow the business. Um, and so now, you know, having Rachel on board, that is really helping to where we can grow at a certain rate. So, yeah. And your team now, it, it consists, we've got uh, Melvin Guy, who's been on the show before, and he's been with you now for nearly five years, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, you've got fairly recent additions for you. With, Again, keeping with the family theme, right? You brought Rachel in, and then just most recently, you got your brother Aaron, who's now joined the Reed team as well. What is that like? I guess having to to be the one that's now recruiting family into the business, um, as opposed to the one that kind of uh, found your way into this family uh, piece as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with Melvin. Um, you know, the way that Melvin happened, it's just kind of, you know, it was a God-given thing. And uh, with Melvin, I feel like he really uh, pushes me to be a better leader. And um, I can easily get caught up on the competition side of things and looking at numbers and want to be a top agent, but at what cost? And, and it doesn't matter. It's going to cost something. Uh, and so seeing Melvin, like, live his life the way that he does with family first and just, um, you know, that has really taught me more important life lessons than anything. And mm -hmm. so, um, he, I call him, he's my brother from another mother and mm -hmm. that's, you know, that he's definitely family. So, uh, and then lean into Rachel. Um, Rachel comes from a corporate background and I always knew Rachel, you know, obviously was special. Like she is really good at what she does. And I have been pushing for her to come and join, uh, you know, join me and let's build something that, you know, that can, we can really turn into something special here. And so, 
she has different skills than I do. She's, uh, you know, she sees the vision of it while I'm kind of like working in the weeds and I'm grinding away to provide income. She can work on growing the business and uh, seeing, you know, putting into kind of like a corporate uh, background, you know, and, and systems and structures that will help us grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lean on to Aaron, you know, so Aaron, my brother's only been here for a month. And so going through that process of like the whole new training process, process and it's, it's sparking a lot of just memories from me um, and I'm excited to see his full potential and growth of what he will be at and he's going to be something pretty special I mean he's he's probably going to be better than me at this eventually once he has time and so I'm just excited to continue to just teach him what I learned at you know my mistakes and what to do what not to do but I'm fully like I want him to be creative as he wants and I'm not going to shut down an idea that he has and just let him run with it. And I'm just there to kind of provide a platform for all these people and just let them continue their own legacy. So I'm interested to hear about that because essentially the, the intention to bring Aaron on um, and kind of pouring into him to hopefully grow and become a, you know, great agent and serving our city. Well, it's a different time than when you brought Melvin in five years ago, right? And, and the training that I would imagine he went through is probably going to look drastically different than what you're doing with Aaron, just as you have grown and matured as a, as a leader and a manager. Oh, yeah. Um, what, uh, what does that look like when you think, man, this is how I did it with Melvin and that this worked really well and I want to do more of it? Or like, oh, my God, why did I do it that way? Yeah. So, yeah, going back five years ago, it's like, you know, you think that you know all this stuff, but you really don't. And it's just from, you know, experience and doing things. And so, you know, with Melvin, he would just almost kind of hop in the car with me and shadow me around for a couple of days with Aaron. I'm over here, you know, recording uh, Zoom recordings and showing him how to, you know, screen share my computer on how to write up an offer. So yes, it is totally different. Um, but you know, as him as a brother, you can be like, hey, man, just come on, hop in with me. And we're either over at dinners and he's, you know, calling me a couple handful of times a day. So I'm just, you know, walking him through and answering questions uh, when the time, you know, comes up. So, yeah. Well, one of the things uh, I didn't know about you until kind of diving in here um, and doing our research before the interview, I didn't realize you had time, uh, oh, I guess a little over a year in Crylike's commercial division. I knew you'd closed a couple commercial deals and you'd kind of worked your way through that, but I didn't know that was a focus of yours for a decent stretch of your life there, right? Yeah, so uh, right out, out of college, 2009, had my license. Uh, real estate market was not doing anything. Um, and so I had a close friend and mentor, Doug Meyer, that set me up with a handful of uh, commercial brokers. And so I would go through those, interview them, and uh, ended up picking Crylight Commercial. Dan Whipple at the time was the principal broker, and who you had on the show not too long ago, Eric Furman. He was mm-hmm. one of the younger ones. Uh, so he really helped uh, kind of guide me uh, as my first job. But that was, uh, you know, I would show up to work in a, a suit and tie. Uh, I was 23 years old and uh, didn't know much of anything, but, um, you know, I, at the time I would network a lot. I was in a BNI and that's kind of how I met my closing attorney now, Clay Cole. Um, and he connected me, uh, or ha- gave me the opportunity to, uh, represent the international farmers market. They were looking to purchase the old snooks, uh, that was on Germantown Germantown Parkway. Parkway. Yeah. And so, um, 
It's a big building. It, it was a big building. And again, I was a new agent in commercial real estate, didn't know hardly anything. Uh, and here I am, and I had this opportunity to represent these buyers to purchase this building. And so I can remember it like the other day where I go up to their old building on Winchester and Hacks Cross. And um, so I go upstairs. We're in a meeting. They have their accountant. They have a translator. Clay's there. It's all circle style. And I'm just sitting there. And they're, they're, you know, asking me questions. I'm responding. I'm waiting on the translator to, you know, translate. And uh, pretty much, like, I knew that I, I wouldn't have a chance against, you know, any other experienced agent. So I just pretty much went in there boldly and told them. I was like, look, guys, I'm going to negotiate uh, the best I can on, on y'all's part. You tell me what y'all want to get this at, we're going to make this happen. I'm going to fight for you guys, uh, and you're going to be able to reach me at all times. I mean, this is, you know, you can call, text, whatever, I'm there. And so um, I'll never forget Clay, Clay calling me a couple of days after. I was like, hey, you got the job. They selected you. Hmm. And uh, little did I know, though, that this was a nine-month process and it took nine months to close this deal and it was every week something changed or something was happening uh, yeah. but it was it was worth it it was a great learning experience and you know it was it was a it was a fun fun job so yeah those commercial brokers man they got to work for a deal no, they it, do. It is. I, I respect them tremendously nothing, for what they nothing quick through. about it no <laughs> Um, I, I know I've said it on the show before, but in today's world of real estate, there's there's no excuse for having a lack of knowledge. I mean, the, the world is so small now and with technology and, and how many people there are willing to share their insight and their experience. So if someone's willing to put in the effort to learn, then the opportunity is out there for them, right? And you're someone that's epitomized that to me over the bulk of your career because, well, there was, you know, 40 years of construction experience and yes selling that that new construction home um it, it seems like you kind of had to dive in head first to learn a lot of the resale stuff and kind of the uh, buy side of the transactions you didn't have anybody that was doing that in the the brokerage um I guess, uh, what was that like as you kind of had to learn all of that without the benefit of a, a big corporate, you know, um, new agent development program and all of the things that come with that? You had to really learn it on your own. Oh, yeah. So uh, a lot of mistakes. Um, and they say you learn best from your mistakes. And that's I, I really did. So over time, after making mistakes, I would just kind of, you know, I was self-taught and I would learn, you know, just all right, here's what I need to do. Here's what I don't need to do. And so it, it, it just took some time. But then, you know, going back after our big uh, commercial deal, like me and Clay, uh, we decided to join Colonial Country Club. And we both like golfers. And somehow we linked up with John Moultrie uh, with Enterprise Realtors. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen all of his red Jeeps with his ugly face on it driving around town. But, you know, he runs Arlington. And so I don't know how we got paired up with him at Colonial Country Club. But uh, we started playing golf every Wednesday and Friday. And so for like my corporate training, uh, it was I had John there to kind of uh, give give me advice. Now I did have to let him beat me a couple times on the golf course to make sure I got some good advice, and then obviously Clay Cole uh, on the contract side of it. So, you know, every Wednesday and Friday playing golf with them over maybe a couple of Bud Lights. That was that was my corporate training, and so. 
you know, John was real big on uh, the millionaire real estate agent, the the Keller Williams, you know, mm-hmm. the Bible, I say. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and he also encouraged me to, you know, at the time I was doing remodeling, roofing and real estate, because again, this was 2010, 2011 now. And, you know, real estate was still pretty slow. Uh, I had to do other, you know, I had to find other sources of income. I was always kind of a, a hustler and wanted to, you know, make some money and provide for my family. Uh, but John really encouraged me as like, hey, if you want to be an expert in real estate, you got to just pick it and, and, and you got to stop this other stuff. And so in 2014, that was when I kind of just went strictly residential real estate. Yeah. And, and off and running ever since, uh, learning your lesson still probably a hundred dollars at a time. That's right. Bloody yeah. nose and skin <laughs> knees along the way. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what kind of goals do you have for, uh, Reed Realtors going forward? So my main goals is we're, we're trying to get our our systems and operations in place. Like we are, um, we just got a CRM database. Uh, we just hired a virtual assistant, which is going to help us a lot on saving some time. And so that that's my main goal is just having the systems in place to when we do want to grow, uh, we have the platform to do that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And you guys are going through, I guess, almost a, a rebranding of sorts. Uh, since you brought Rachel on, uh, her her personality and fingerprints are over a lot of what, you know, publicly we see on social media and everything else. Um, and I know I've heard several agents say, man, your social media game, you guys are stepping that up big time, right? What what has that process been like to, I guess, make some of those changes to freshen up the brand while also adjusting to the, the new dynamic of like you're working with your wife every day and that's, that's going to put, I guess, its own strains on things, right? Oh, it does. I, I, I promise. Stan, if I got to do another photo shoot, I'm, I'm going to like just get rid of her. But, uh, you know, all joking aside, Rachel is great. Like this is what she does. Like her specialty is branding and marketing. And I don't know anything about that. So I've just let her run full with that. She's taken over the social media, uh, focused on, you know, partnerships and, uh, she's just, yeah, she's obviously done a great job with that. So, I mean, but it's, you know, just from rebranding our old brand, um, from our logo to our new logo, just different things of that. And I just give her full control. So yeah. um, that's more of her department than mine. You're not the creative director behind this that's is what right. you're saying. Yes. It's a lot of things about, uh, Mike Jayquees and uh, creativity is probably not the <laughs> one you're going to associate with him. Um, you're uh, one of the things that, that I think is uh, is neat, just kind of where you are stage of life. You're hitting that season where you've got a lot of clients that are probably your age anyways, that are buying second or third home for them and that have kind of gone through that process of outgrowing a home and kind of doing that whole process. And I know there's some familiarity of having done these steps before, but there are also pieces in a real estate transaction that you really only do in a real estate transaction. Um, and, you know, if it's home inspections, appraisal, closing paperwork, and I guess sometimes even shopping for insurance, these are things that aren't done regularly by most clients. How equipped do you think most people are kind of in that season of life to be able to make informed decisions on kind of that area of their life and some of those areas that are new to them as it relates to home buying process? Or do you think that they um, they still need an advisor to kind of hold their hand and walk them through that process? Uh, they, they definitely need an advisor to hold them through this uh, process on the insurance side. And just just today, we, we got a closing coming up next week, but uh, my buyer was like, hey, when should I start looking around for, you know, insurance? I was like, now, you know, start 
calling some people and and doing that. So I'll, I'll be giving them your number after this. No, I appreciate but, that, bud. <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, it's so many things that go into the the homeowner's insurance, uh, just from what you want to be insured, and obviously you can go more into that. And that's not my specialty, but uh, again, that goes on uh, of the systems that I want to have place in is like, hey, you know, at this point of the process here, you need to be contacting these insurance agents and getting quote, getting quotes and estimates on, on your home. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, sometimes you feel like you've, oh man, I know what this is like, but things change. Uh, the, the rules and, and process to apply for a mortgage is different now than it was six years ago. And, and closings are different. There's more forms now than there ever have been. And uh, home inspections and insurance as well. The products continue to change and evolve and uh, they offer more coverage. They offer different coverage. They offer uh, ways to customize it that are different. And if you don't have um, a quality insurance broker in your uh, your referral lineup, then as an agent, you're missing out. Um, There's just a a huge opportunity there to to have that person that you're referring. Um, Changing gears, though, um, I do want to talk more about your life outside of your real estate practice. Um, uh, What other jobs have you had along the way that have kind of been uh, gotten you to this point? Um, so again, I've, I've worked a lot through the construction industry of that. Uh, one of the jobs that, you know, out of college, I worked at varsity cheerleading. Um, really? Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, doing any cheerleading or any of that, but we were in the warehouse packaging up, you know, boxes and hoping there was going to be pictures involved from the cheerleading here. You were just in a warehouse though. I was just in a warehouse. Mm, Yes. So, uh, but you know, they would send us down to Orlando, um, when they did all the competitions, you know, I would go in anywhere from two to three times a year, full paid trip. And uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of a, a side job there I did for a couple years. And um, so you were in college and you would get sent down to like the college cheerleading championships where there's right. all the cheerleaders in the world that's come correct. to. That's so, a tough life you had to yeah, live there, bud. I know. It was, that's, that's it, was a, it was a fun, fun time. <laughs> When uh, when you're not selling real estate, what uh, what hobbies or skills uh, do you have that I guess that you're trying to uh, to engage outside of uh, work life? So I love to golf. Uh, golf would be my number one. Uh, but really, I just love being outdoors. So I like to fish a lot. Um, you know, grilling out. I'm I'm real big on. So, but yeah, definitely golf. Okay, I know uh, when we had Melvin on, he tried to tell me he's teaching himself how to play golf. How, is he getting better? Melvin is getting better. So we just got him fitted uh, not too long ago. He's got his new irons in. And so we are, uh, we're still waiting on that challenge from other realtors, uh, a Reed Realtors versus whoever uh, in a two-man scramble. So well, He's calling a shot, guys. That's you got right. to call him out, okay? Come, uh, come challenge uh, Mike and Melvin. What, uh, what movie have you seen more times than any other? Home Alone. Okay. Uh, just it's something you always had on as a kid, the VHS uh, or whatever? Yeah, and we let our kids start watching it. Uh, probably this year and it's probably not the best uh movie for them to watch but it feels like a kids movie but there's yeah. it's kind of violent like oh, they're, it is they're pretty aggressive uh, yeah. going after the bad yeah, guys some here. of the language in the best some of the way that kevin acts in the beginning of the movie's not not good but uh our girls love it i mean over the holidays we probably watch it 15 times in Jeez. a month and so um you know our youngest daughter just loves the the booby traps part so and i and i enjoy watching it too so that's a good time uh, what's your fast food guilty pleasure? I know you realtors are always in the car eating on the on the go. Man, if I see a Crystals, I'm stopping. So uh, <laughs> it's always the combo, the Crystal Chick and just the regular Crystal with cheese. So that's uh, that's where it's at, man. They closed our Crystals down in Carville, and I'm like really sad. It's it's a better health thing for me yeah. because I'm not as tempted. But like 
there are times when I'm like, man, I wish we had crystal still. Whatever they put there is not crystal. They, so. uh, their tater tots are underrated. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I don't yeah. think I've ever had the tater tots from crystal. They, they're, they're new. Okay. That's, that's on my to-try list. There you go. Go-to comfort food for you. Uh, I would say Mexican. We probably eat Mexican food at least once a, a week. Uh, our girls love the, the cheese dip cheese and dip. chips. And, you know, it's something that we can all sit down at. And they're not, you know, whining or complaining. They're eating some chips and cheese dip. And we get a little bit of peace and yeah. quiet time. Or, Margaritas. Or, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, I was talking with my wife about this. So we've got uh, one that she'll be two in July. And with COVID, like she's basically not done anything for her life. Like she's pretty much been in the house all the time. And I was like trying to think back to times when it's like, oh, no, no, no. I remember the time we were at the Mexican restaurant. She was eating cheese. Out of, and I kept thinking of the wrong child. I, like our, our almost two-year-old yeah. hasn't really been anywhere. That's uh, that Mexican restaurant experience. We took them this past week. And that was, uh, it's like, this is, this is a restaurant, sweetie. Let's man, like go out and do stuff. Right. So um, that's fun, man. Uh, what's, what's the first concert you've ever attended? So, Dane, I've been to a couple of concerts. I just do not – hate's a strong word, but I, I hate concerts. Really? I'm just uh, – I'm not a fan of, you know, standing up and trying to sing along, and I just don't like concerts. I took. So are you not a music guy? Like, do you listen you know, to music? I do, no, I do listen to music, but uh, concerts, for some reason, just do not appeal to me. I mean, we went to – the last one I went to was the JT concert, and I just wasn't impressed. Yeah, he's so. generally an impressive concert. People, people enjoy know. it, I gather. I'm am a weird guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what is something that you dislike that everyone else seems to like? All right. So I think in the real estate industry, I cannot stand answering a phone call where I don't know the number. And I think over time, I've got burned out because I feel like the real estate industry is they're targeted for spam the most. And I just, so if I don't know a number, I'm not going to answer it. If they don't leave me a text or a voicemail, then it's not important to me. Um, And yes, I might've lost some business on that, but it's just, I think I've been burned out so much in the past over that. So I I can't stand that because half time when I do answer it is something that is not worth my time. Yeah. And I guess everybody's saying, Oh, maybe it's a buyer. Maybe it's a, somebody wants me to list their house. So I'm going to answer it. then, now, of course, if they shoot me a text or leave me a voicemail, then I'll call them right back immediately. But, sure. You know, if, if not, then it's not important. So spammers, that's how you get Mike. You got to send them a text first. <laughs> yeah, and that's then, right. Yeah, <laughs> they, if they do that, then I'll call them. Yeah. Uh, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what's it going to be? Definitely sushi. Okay. Okay. I can, I can get. Where's your favorite sushi spot? You know, we like Sakasui in Carville, but uh, I love Red Koi uh, for lunch. They, they, I feel like they have a great lunch special, and their their just regular house salad is fantastic. So. Yeah, I have my go to Sakura's right here by the office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, can't beat Sakura is really good as well. So, so. good. Uh, favorite purchase of the last year. Uh, so I recently just got a new truck. Okay. Um, yeah, my other truck was going on 10 years, uh, and it was just time for an update. So, yeah, about a month ago, I got a new truck, so I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, well, 10 years of real estate life, too. I mean, that'll put some miles oh, on yeah. a car quick. That's, so. that's right. So, um, um, last question, Mike. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you to talk about buying or selling their home, how should they do that? 
Well, they can text me, 901-246-8916, or call me, leave me a voicemail. Um, Or they can check us out, uh, Read Realtors on Instagram or our Facebook page, um, and, you know, obviously through instant messaging, all of that. Sure, and we'll make sure that we've got all of Michael's contact information in the show notes here. Mike, I I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the show today. I appreciate that, Dane. This was fun. Thank you. Awesome. But guys, don't go anywhere just yet. Up next, you'll want to hear my conversation with one of the rising stars at Real Living Macklemore and Company. You're listening to Key Exchanges in the 901. Key Exchanges in the 901 is powered by partnerships with exceptional businesses in our city. Businesses that invest and give back to the Memphis real estate community. This week's feature partner is Choice Home Warranty. As you heard there, our feature partner this week is Choice Home Warranty. Christy Stokes, Brad Sterling, Chelsea Sherman, and the whole team with Choice Home Warranty has been serving the home warranty needs of the Mid-South for years now and delivering a best-in-quality product and unmatched service in the Memphis area. We all know this market right now is bananas, and oftentimes a warranty may be the first thing to be written out of an offer. But just because that's happening now to win the house doesn't mean that your clients should have to go without it. We're doing our clients a disservice if we're not at least presenting the home warranty options available to them by going directly to your local choice reps. Your clients will be eligible to get their preferred real estate product during the time of purchase that has better pricing, more coverage, and can even be paid monthly. They have a carefully curated list of vendors to make sure their warranty holders have the best experience possible. And their reps are still around to help with service issues that may arise after the sale. Also, if your client is a past or current veteran, a first responder, or a teacher, make sure to have them ask about discounts associated with that, because Choice Home Warranty cares about those that care for us. If you'd like to get the ball rolling on your next home warranty conversation, make sure to give Christy Stokes a call at 901-616-2285 or email her at cstokes at chwpro.com. Choice Home Warranty is there for your clients when they're needed the most, and they're this week's feature partner on Key Exchanges in the 901. My next guest is someone that I, uh, I feel like just exploded onto the real estate scene in 2020 by posting a banner year for herself and earning first-year membership into the prestigious multi-million dollar club. Next month, she'll be celebrating her third year in the business, and she is turning heads and garnering the respect of her peers along the way. Originally from Memphis, she now calls Oakland, Tennessee home, and she is the affiliate broker with Real Living Macklemore and Company Realtors. She is the wife to Josh and the outnumbered mom to Jalen, Jacoby, Joey, and Jasper. She is my friend, and she's our second guest on the show today. It is my profound honor and great privilege to welcome Mrs. Erin Prather onto Key Exchanges and the 901. Thanks for coming on the show, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. No, I I am excited to be here, excited to have this conversation. Uh, You know, I always like to start each each conversation off with, I got to figure out how the heck did we get here? So I need you to hop in the Wayback Machine, not so way back for you, just three years ago, but tell me, how did you get into real estate? Well, I was sort of coerced into that. Um, I really didn't have much of an interest at all Hmm. into going into real estate. Uh, Previously, I had worked in the service industry for about 22 years. Um, Didn't really see myself doing that for that long either, uh, let alone a a lifetime. But, you know, I really met some uh, amazing people along the way. And so I 
I grew to love it and I was comfortable, keyword comfortable, um, you know, from my employers to uh, fellow coworkers to, you know, the thousands of people I got to wait on, you know, I really got to know a lot about them and their personal lives. Um, you know, I knew about, uh, you know, their kids' names and where they went to school and, um, Good days you know, and bad days yes. and their work. Yes. So who was it that coerced you then? You said you were kind of talked into this. Yes, yes. Um, multiple people, mainly being um, my husband. <laughs> my husband, he's wonderful and very supportive, um, but he also knows me and how I can get complacent when I am comfortable. Um, also, one of my fav- favorite regulars, uh, who would soon become my very first broker, Stan Holmes, um, they, they were pushy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then at, at some point, uh, you've heard it enough times, you decide, maybe I can do this. I'm, I'm going to take the leap. And you get enrolled in a class and you start off and running, right? Right. Well, yeah, basically. Um, I dragged my feet for a while <laughs> and made every excuse there was in the book because I was scared. <laughs> I didn't want to try something new and then, you know, fail at it and suffer that humiliation. So, um, but I did. I, I went, I took the course and passed my test. And then, you know, flash forward to today, I am a full time realtor. And, um, you know, it's cool because, you know, what I loved to do in my, my previous profession, um, I got to carry all of that with me into my new one as far as how I was blessed to be able to, um, you know, interact with people and help make their lives better. Mm, that's so good. Um, I know you, you grew up here in the city. What was life like growing up for you? Um, well, I had a very happy childhood. I'm a native Memphian. Um, I moved to Carrieville uh, with my mom and my dad in 1986. So I was three years old, and we moved to a subdivision called Beaver Creek. Yeah. Um, yes. So when I think happy childhood memories, it's definitely the years that we lived in Beaver Creek. The neighborhood was just filled with kids, mm-hmm. and all the kids that lived back in our little cove, um, they were all my best friends. And our uh, our families became really close friends, too. And we'd always you know, hang out and barbecue in the summertime and go swimming all day and um, build forts in the woods and do all that crazy kid stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I love Beaver Creek too. Something that that I remember is, uh, you know, they'd always put on this awesome Halloween parade every single year. And it was cool because it seemed like everybody in the neighborhood participated in that. Really? And yeah. And what is a know, Halloween parade? That's not even something like every, every, all the kids in their costumes. Yeah. Ki- kids, parents, everybody. We'd, we'd all meet in one cove on one side of the neighborhood. And then we would all march down to another cove and, you know, have drinks and refreshments and uh, snacks and stuff like that and socialize. But yeah, yeah, it was really cool because you don't really see that that much these days, at least not in my neighborhood. I think my doorbell rang five times this last Mm -hmm. Halloween. COVID, (laughs) we'll give it a pass. Well, (laughs) I guess, I don't know. Um, But, you know, I like to go back and reminisce you know, when I'm in the in the area, drive through and see how big the trees have gotten and the updates people have done on their homes. So, yeah. That's unique. Yeah, That's good right. times. Um, those those people that saw you growing up and uh, the other people in the parade and the parents and everything <laughs> else, is it something where they could have predicted you having uh, kind of this level of success that you've had kind of exploding on a real estate scene recently? Well, I think... Well, especially my parents, they always believed in in me and anything I wanted to do. Um, But, you know, I'm not really sure. I think as far as being in real estate, um, 
I think the people that knew me best would probably say otherwise, but I think I'd largely be remembered as being that nice, super quiet girl that was really good at drawing and painting. Because um, I was artist. always, I am, I'm an artist, yeah. Huh. And, uh, you know, so. Do you I'll, still do it now? When I can, <laughs> with realtor hours, it's pretty realtor sporadic. Realtor hours and four kids. And, exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But when uh, I can. But you, you used to like to paint, you like to draw. Whenever there's opportunities, you still try. I do. I do. It makes me happy to create things for people and, you yeah. know, give them these treasures. Yeah. So. My, my wife is similar. She loves to loves to paint. Um, and then at some point she decided she was going to start the painting business and whatnot and got pretty busy with it. That's like, awesome. But, but uh, then it kind of ruined like the release and like kind of the step away and kind of the way that mm. she was able to express her yeah. creativity when it's a job. And, I think, and I tried that once, you know, try to commission my artwork. And I, I, I totally understand that because it took the joy out of doing it. You know, I, I like doing it because I like to make people happy, yeah. you know, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. But you're one of the many agents I know that, that made a switch uh, to real estate, basically um, a full, after a full career in another industry, right? You were um, 22 years uh, in the restaurant industry um, and then the jump to real estate. Do you feel like those relationships you formed with regulars and I guess some of the skills and habits that you had to um, have to be successful for 22 years in that, um, do you feel like that has carried over to your real estate practice? Yes, absolutely. In a multitude of ways, actually, um, you know, when you're working in the front of house with the general public, <laughs> you will quickly, quickly learn that people are very different from one another. Um, some people aren't as nice and as patient as others. So, you know, with that, it, you really need to learn those special people skills in order to, you know, diffuse a negative situation or when somebody comes in after a bad day at work with a chip on their shoulder and wants to take it out on you, um, you know, to learn how to work around that and to ensure that that person leaves your establishment happy, that they want to return, and um, even more importantly, that they want to come back and sit at your table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't always win with, with you know, situations like that, but I really did enjoy the, uh, the challenge of, you know, breaking down that hypothetical hard shell on that rough and gruff person. Well, just um, the, the relational dynamics there that you're trying to, to manage and I would imagine after two decades at it, uh, you get pretty good at just kind yeah. of being able to get a read on people and know what's needed in that time to be able to make the process go right. as enjoyable for everyone. Right. right, absolutely. I mean, you know, you you never know what somebody had to deal with that day. And so, you know, while it hurt my feelings when people weren't so nice to me because I don't do anything to make people mean to me, I don't think. Um, Actually, that's what we're here to talk to you about. <laughs> right. uh, they've all told me, Aaron. today's the day we have to confront you on it. No, yes, yeah. You're a very kind person. Well, thank you. I try, and I try to share that kindness with, with everybody, even even not the, the not-so-nice ones. So. <laughs> yeah. well, from, from my experience in the restaurant industry, there are a handful of people that, I mean, they made it into a career from a handful of categories, right? They the supremely talented, you know, chefs or just food industry pros that they were efficient at what they did and they were very good at that. And then you had the other people that were just feeding off of the relationships. And that was really what it is. From what I know about you, I would imagine you fall into the uh, the latter category, right? Is that something that, that you have seen, um, I, I guess, a lot of and hopefully, uh, you know, been able to turn into um, 
sales, I would hope, from some of those relationships, right? Yes. Um, I would definitely fall into that latter category. Um, 1,000% yes, actually. Um, you know, had it not been for these relationships uh, that I have made in working, you know, the years I worked in the restaurant industry, this job would have been so much more difficult than it already is. Um, you know, like I said, you know, I met my very first broker, Stan Holmes. Yeah. Um, you know, Stan used to come in during happy hour most days. And um, it was funny because he never stayed in his seat. He was always up walking around and talking to people. It seemed like everybody liked Stan. Everybody wanted to talk real estate with him. Um, I also met the builder that I list for, uh, Richard Allen with Allen Construction. Um, Richard also had a, a very major role as far as the, the nudging I really needed in order to make the move into the real estate world. Um, I think I waited on him about 15 years and Jeez. he said all the time, yeah, when are you going to go get that license? We can list some houses. Mm -hmm. And so I did it. I finally did it, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, you know, these were customers that were turned friends and, you know, they really had my best interest at heart and I trusted them. Um, they trusted me. Uh, in fact, my very first closing was with a fellow coworker, um, that worked with me at the last restaurant I worked at, uh, the Skybox in Carrierville. And, um, you know, I think within the first 12 months of me being a licensed agent, all but one of my closings were due to relationships that I had made while working in the service How industry. Yeah, so it was cool because, and it was comforting because, you know, these people, they knew I was brand new, um, doing something I'd never done before. I had so much to learn, yet, they knew me, they knew my heart and that I cared for them and they knew my work ethic. Mm. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Uh -huh. I think that says a lot about you too, that people noticed enough about you and knew enough about parts of you to where they said, hey, I, I, I trust her to figure it out. Maybe she doesn't have all the knowledge yet, but I, I know her heart, I know her intent and I know her work ethic and guess what? She'll figure it out. Right. And that's, that's got to be <laughs> And you never stop learning in this business. No, so. <laughs> no. Uh, we've had people with decades and decades in the business, and they're still learning. So mm -hmm. um, that's great. I know you and your family, you guys live out in Oakland now, um, and it's just it's been exploding, Oakland has, with new construction over the last handful of years. How has your experience with all of the new development that's been going on around your home kind of influenced some of the habits and abilities that you have to, I guess, to deliver for your clients? Yeah. So, yes, you are absolutely correct about the exploding part. It is crazy out there. It seems like every day they're building something different. Um, it's kind of like that everywhere these days, I think. But yeah, as a Oakland resident myself, it's been really cool to witness the growth over the last nine years that we've been there. Um, you know, it appealed to myself and to my husband, uh, not just because of the lower property taxes, which are great, um, but, you know, with Oakland, we still got that small town country feel, yet it was still close enough to the city. So, you know, it, it fit our personal lifestyle. So I think with, um, you know, with my clients, getting to know about their lifestyles is really important because no two people have the same lifestyle mm -hmm. and no two people have the same financial situation. So, you know, really getting to know one's specific needs and desires, I think that's, that's absolutely crucial, um, you know, 
in order for us to successfully advise them on their their real estate decisions. Do you, so do you, uh, you talked about that you kind of get that country feel. Do you identify as a, as a country girl? Is that something you feel like fits kind you? Kind of, I, I guess. You don't yes. give off that vibe to me. So that's something well, that's interesting to me. I do. I like to fish. I, I, okay. I like to hunt. I've skinned catfish before, you know. Yeah. I love to go camping, like tent camping and things like that. No, but, you, you know, I like makeup and heels too, so. Much, <laughs> much more of a country girl than me then. I'll yeah? tell you that. I'm really? not trying to, no, that's not for me, okay? <laughs> the great indoors is where I want to be. I'm not trying to get involved with that. I but, like me some air conditioner too, so okay. I get it. <laughs> with the uh, relatively, uh, I guess, recent foray for you into new construction um, and, and selling that, how different is your listing process for a new construction home compared to something that's been a, a normal resale? Well, um, there's definitely differences. Uh, with new construction, you really need to know your product. Um, things like architectural design, construction methods and materials, site design, um, you know, when selections need to be made during the building process and so forth. Um, you know, I'll update my listing photos at different periods throughout the, you know, the building period. Um, yeah, so there's definitely differences. Um, as far as with resale, that listing process, and this might be a little off topic, but I'm excited to talk about it, um, is something newer that my office, Real Living, uh, provides their agents and their clients. And it's something that we affectionately refer to as lifestyle stories. And what a lifestyle story is, is basically a 20 plus page brochure. Actually, it's it's kind of closer to um, like a, a a magazine, like a mini magazine. And that consists of these beautiful, full color professional photos. Um, and it's been uniquely customized to a specific home. So in it, we will tell the seller's story um, from their point of view of exactly why they loved living in that home. Um, basically something that, you know, only the seller who actually lived there mm -hmm. can accurately convey to its potential buyers. And uh, we'll also go and we'll go and get up to three testimonies from some of their neighborhood friends and include that in the uh, neighbor's knows best section. And uh, we ask them to tell us, you know, what do you love about living in this neighborhood? What what drew you to be here? Um, There's a lot more work in this Yeah, this absolutely. Thing, but, you know, our clients are worth it. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll showcase... Seconds though now it's I know. <laughs> but the you know the I think an important thing is is that because it's such a strong seller's market right now people are you know starting to think that I don't need a realtor to list my house so you know they think that it's just as easy as just going to stick a, a sign in the yard and that's all there is to it so by us taking the extra steps and doing this work for them we're really proving our value, well, I believe. And, and it won't always be a seller's market, mm -hmm. right? And you will already have the experience of doing some of these things where other people may be looking to add them right. at that point for the first time. And you'll have years of already doing it and interviewing 45 neighbors to do the... Uh, <laughs> the no, uh, just three, just, up to three, uh, yeah. That's funny. That's great. Yeah. Um, in 2020, you qualified for MMDC for the first time. And by all accounts, I mean, you had a, a stellar year. Is there anything that you would attribute to your, your record year that you had for yourself? Yes, absolutely. Um, again, it's, it's truly all about relationships. You know, 
I would not have had the success that I had last year had it not been for people willing to take a chance on me and wanting little old Aaron in their corner working for them. Um, so it's so important how you treat other people. And I know it's cliche to say, but if you treat people the way that you want to be treated, you just can't put a price tag on the rewards that that brings you. So, you know, for me, it brought me my builder that I list for who has taught me so much just about the, the building process itself. Um, you know, multiple, multiple referrals, past clients returning to me when they need help with their real estate needs. Um, also, my two previous brokers, Stan Holmes and Molly Phillips, um, I really leaned on them a lot. They were always there for me. They never made me feel like I was a nuisance, which I'm so grateful for because I asked a lot of questions <laughs> in my first couple years there. So yeah, they deserve so much credit. I, yeah. I could see that about you too. The uh, not not that you would have a lot of questions because you seem very competent, but I feel like you're someone that is very thorough and you want to understand how it all works. So. I do, I do. I think I get on my builder's nerves because I just I want to I want to know everything. You, you, you know, he's thinking you want to build the house at this mm -hmm. point. He thinks you're trying to put him out. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, well, I know uh, in your home. Uh, you're outnumbered for sure. As I said in the open, you got four boys, your husband, and then it's you, right? Yes, so, yes. And uh, if I didn't say say it, he'd yell at me. You said Jacoby, it's Jacob. Jacob, yes. I'm sorry. And he would be upset. With, oh no, it's fine. You can call him whatever you want to. No. But he'd be, they mispronounced my name. I added extra <laughs> letters. That's, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. I, Jacoby's a cool name, too. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, it's just not his. <laughs> He's been called worse. I'm uh, sure, I'm uh, sure. Uh, well, I, I know as you're starting out your real estate career, though, Josh was in food and beverage as well. He was in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. um, that's you were coming from, and real estate's got its own crazy hours. But even now, Josh, is, uh, he's got his own sales career. It's yeah. got him on the road a lot and just going. How do you manage the circus that is four kids, uh, real estate, your husband, like just all of the things that go with that? How are you keeping up with the day-to-day -day that just is naturally crazy in your life? Um, I always tell people that, that Jesus loves me. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves a lot of the credit. Yes. Um, but... Yeah, we just make it work. You know, we already had crazy hours with the restaurants. You know, he was in the industry for 25 years, so even longer than I was. And both of us made this change at literally the exact same time. I think it was less than two weeks he went to go do. Um, he's going to be operating a Kubota dealership that's literally on the Fayette County, Shelby County line out there off Highway 64. It's the, the orange tractor if people mm -hmm. don't know what the <laughs> Kubotas are. But um, yeah, so he has to travel all over the place, you know, and learn all this new stuff about tractors from, from beer and food mm -hmm. to tractors. Yeah. So, um, you know... We we basically just traded in those those late nights for crazy early mornings and living in our cars and you know our our kids aren't as young anymore. Our youngest son Jasper he's he's eleven and so they they help everybody does their part and you know we just we're a really really good team. We just make it work. That's that's great. Um, 
one of the other things that I know uh, came up in, in this conversation that we were having earlier um, was essentially about uh, clients that are you know reshopping their their insurance uh, back out uh, with you guys kind of transitioning to a, a lifestyle brand and advisors beyond the transaction. Um, it seems like conversations about how often should be people be shopping their home insurance out. Is that a conversation that you, I guess, are hearing from people that are you're doing life with and, and having conversations with? Yeah, definitely. That's been brought up, and so. I mean, is it beneficial? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think it is. Um, it's just a matter of how frequent uh, you'd want to do it. Um, there are certain longevity credits that every insurance company is going to look at as they're issuing, issuing you a quote. They want to know how long were you with the last company. And if you're someone that changes insurance every year, they assume that you're probably not with them for very long as well, and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get as favorable pricing. So there is kind of a sweet spot of, you know, how long do you need to be with someone for? But if you've not at least kind of looked at rates, um, you know, in a handful of years, then it definitely makes sense to, to shop it back out. And having a good insurance broker that represents several companies is, is a, uh, a good place to be. Um, for our clients that are, are here with us, I mean, every three years, we're going to put them through the process anyway, just to make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting the best price available to them, even if they're happy with it. Like, we want to make sure that we've looked so that we know. So I, I definitely think there is value in it if you've never done it. But changing companies every single year is probably not the best bet long term for, for a client. So Very good info. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, let's change gears here a little bit. I know we've talked a lot about real estate, but I'm curious about... Uh, you personally, you the woman, right? So um, outside of real estate, uh, outside of, uh, I guess, we know you've been in the restaurant business. Did you ever have any interesting jobs or side hustles along the way? I did. Um, I have tried to, to leave the years in restaurants before and, you know, always came back to it. But <laughs> this one time I was selling these these machines that would... Um, basically tattoo a print or you could even upload like one of your favorite photographs of, of, you know, whatever. And it would basically tattoo whatever image this is on manicured nails. So it was my job to lug this thing around. It was about the size of a, I guess, a small mini fridge in a college (laughs) dorm and, um, you know, go around to, to different salons and try to sell them. And I think I sold one, really? <laughs> but I didn't do it very long. I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't my thing, but That's it was cool. It makes a funny story. <laughs> yeah. So this is like, uh, on the nails at a nail salon. It was the clients that you were trying to sell this to uh-huh. and, uh, nail that- salons, hair salons, anybody that, you know, something cool and new, you know, that people could come. Cause most likely it's not going to be anywhere else, but yeah, that's wild. <laughs> That's wild. What are you into when you're not selling real estate? Do you have any uh, interesting hobbies or skills? Well, you know, I'm I'm an artist, so I really do enjoy sitting down, breaking out the the paintbrushes and the colored pencils and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really a homebody. You know, I do I do go to the gym when I can. I enjoy exercising, um, but I just love being at home. My favorite place in the whole world is on my spot of the couch with my kids and my dogs in between. My husband's on the other side of the couch and we just sit there and, and watch Netflix and just enjoy being together. Just yeah. love love being with family. That sounds so sweet. <laughs> I have little kids right now. It's not. It's not the enjoyment. Yeah. It's a lot of screaming and throwing things. And he hit me, or she hit me. Yeah. That, that's so. Yeah. It's, the way you describe it sounds way, way more pleasant. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <Okay>. I, <laughs> uh, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys watching on TV right now? Anything fun? Um. Well, 
everything that we're waiting for, it, it's not out yet. So we're waiting. Of course, everybody says Yellowstone and, um, you know, Handmaid's Tale. That's about to come out in a couple weeks. I'm excited about that. Um, but we watch American Idol. We've It's just something we've done okay. as a family every single year. So we're that's enjoying fun. that. They're, I think they're about to go into Hollywood week, either next week or the following week. So we're excited. Yeah, well, <laughs> by the time this comes out, I'm sure we are, uh, we are well past that. Yeah, so that's people, true. People may know who won. So. That's true. Uh, what's your go-to comfort food? Chips and dip. Okay. Just uh, anything kind of dip? cheese. Cheese, okay. Che- yes, like cheese. Like a, a, a cheesy spinach dip or something like that? Anything, sure. okay. yes. Just okay, cheese. Sure. Just cheese. Just give me all the cheese. You can even hold the chips <laughs> at this point. I'll just have the cheese. Yeah. Uh, what's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? Um, I don't really know if it's awkward, but it seems like every time I look at the clock, not every time I look at the clock, obviously, but at least three times a week, I'll look at the clock and it's either one, two, three or one, two, three, four. Really? <laughs> I don't, I don't That's know what that means, but you know, I know I just, it's Your weird. Body's like conditioned to look at the clock then. I guess point. so. I guess. Are you a superstitious person? Like, is that something that you... I don't think I am, but my husband says I'm, I'm totally superstitious, but yeah. I don't know. That, that uh, one, two, three thing, that, that makes me seem like there's oh, something... It's weird. That, Anybody would think that was weird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what's, uh, what's something weird that you recommend everyone try at least once? Um, Rocky Mountain Oysters. Really? <laughs> That's, uh, Do you know what those are? Uh, so this is a... Uh, uh, it's goat testicles or something like that? It's right? bull. Bull. Yes, yes. The bull's berries. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so... Where did you have the... Uh, somewhere at a I, restaurant? I, I was talked into it. I think I was, you know, dared or something like that. And I, it wasn't bad. You know, I think if somebody gave it to me and didn't tell me what it was... I would have liked it, but you know, you just can't get, you know, Uh, what I'm eating out of your mind when it comes to Rocky Mountain oysters, but you should at least try it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to. (laughs) I mean, I I probably get tricked into it. It's like something similar, but uh, you tell me what it is. There's definitely worse tasting things out there. (laughs) I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) What's something you dislike that everyone else seems to love? Uh, People are going to hate me after I say this, but... um, Sports. No. I just. I know that's so un-American of me. I. I really tried to like sports, you know, but I just. Mm. I just don't care that much. I love the. Um, the camaraderie. I guess I, I do enjoy, you know, seeing how much people love their team. I think that's cool. But you know, I don't know. I just. I'll watch the Super Bowl. Nah, not because like, watching the sports though. Yeah. No. <laughs> You're just you're there because there's community around and there's people. Yeah, That's why you're watching. I it. guess I don't know. I just would rather be doing something different. <laughs> uh, what's your your go-to breakfast item? Um, coffee. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm just not big on breakfast. I guess, but you know, if there's bacon, especially if it's extra crispy bacon, I will never turn down bacon. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's not even like yes, we eat it at breakfast, but I. But there's crispy bacon at yeah. any time of at day. At any I'm, time, I'm it works. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> uh, favorite purchase of the last year? That would be my dog, Barley. Yes. Um, what kind she's, of dog? She's a Welsh terrier, and uh, it's kind of like a, a miniature Airedale. Okay. It's just a smaller version, but not at all the same breed. She is um, quite stubborn, very smart, but... Mm-hmm will only do things you ask her to do if you have something to give her in return. Uh, but she's very sweet and cuddly, and she's my favorite pain in the butt. 
yeah. for sure. <laughs> we uh, so we're doing this at our house right now. So we're getting a dog, and we get to go pick it up here in a couple weeks. What kind? So ours is it's a sheepadoodle. Oh, uh, so this is the old English sheepdog and the poodle mix, right? And when I agreed to this, it was, oh, you know, they get to be 60, 70 pounds. And I was okay with a little bit bigger dog. Um, but now that we're like a couple weeks out from going to get him, it's like 80, 90. Like the dog keeps getting bigger at <laughs> right, this point. Right, and, uh, But they don't shed. No. So, but it's a lot of hair. Like it's the sheep dog, right? It's the, the little mermaid dog. But so it's, I, I always thought if they're a doodle or if they're mixed with a poodle, you have that hypoallergen. In most cases, yes. I guess it can't same, be guaranteed. So same thing. No, yeah. Like it's not supposed to shed mm-hmm. whatever, but like you just got to get it trimmed all yeah. the time. And there's it's a lot going on with that from what I gather. Yeah. We got to go pick them up still. So Big responsibility. Uh, uh, my girls are excited. Sort of. They go through back and forth on it. Sometimes they really want a dog. Uh-huh. And then other times they're like, no, we, we don't want a dog. We're like stealing our attention. <laughs> scared it's going to bite them. It's just little <laughs> girls. Right? So, uh, my, my two-year-old is fearless, though. So it will be nothing. It will be one of those things. Right. Uh, well, hey, last question for you. If, if people want to get in touch with you to discuss buying or selling their home, how can they do that? Um, well, best way is probably to either call or text me. Uh, my number is 901-428-0669. Um, you can email me at erin at mac-realtors.com or you can find me on Facebook and, and Instagram. Good deal. And we'll make sure we've got all of her contact information in the show notes as well. Erin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. And I love your podcast and I appreciate <laughs> what you're doing for people in this business. Thank you. No, I appreciate you listening. But guys, that, uh, that does it for this episode of Key Exchanges in the 901. As I said, we always have all of our guests and all of our sponsors' contact information in the show notes in case you'd like to reach them. And if you need to get in touch with me about the show or anything home insurance related for you or your clients, you can always email me at dwilliams at shoemakerins.com. If you liked what you heard today and you want to stay up to date on future episodes, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you really like the show, you can leave us a review there as well. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to catch up with you on the next episode of Key Exchanges in the 901.